From the Public Relations Global Network, this is PRGN Presents. I'm Adrian McIntyre. And I'm Abby Fink, Vice President General Manager of HMA Public Relations in Phoenix, Arizona, and a founding member of PRGN. With public relations leaders embedded into the fabric of the communities we serve, clients hire our agencies for the local knowledge, expertise, and connections in markets spanning six continents across the world. Our guests on this bi-weekly podcast series are all members of the Public Relations Global Network. They discuss such topics as the importance of sustainability and environmental, social, and governance programs, crisis communications, content marketing, reputation management, and outside-of-the-box thinking for growing your business. For more information about PRGN and our members, please visit PRGN.com. And now, let's meet our guest for this episode. My name is Hanan. I'm from Kamir, a strategy and communications firm in Israel. We're based in Tel Aviv, and we're happy to be here. One of the things that I always enjoy doing when I travel is taking a look at the local media, right? Picking up the local newspaper, flipping on the the television station, turning on the news radio, and, and listening or, or reading and kind of looking at what similar things that I might recognize in my local media and what might be really different based on, you know, where I am either throughout the U.S. or the opportunities I've had to travel um, internationally. So I thought it might be interesting just to start the conversation. You you said you're based in Tel Aviv. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what what does the media look like in in Tel Aviv, the, the center of, you know, Israel there in terms of technology and development and such. But there's a there's a vast difference across the country um, in terms of culture and such. So I'd be curious for you to give us a, a little overview on what traditional media looks like and really maybe the role of what social media plays in your communities. With pleasure. So first of all, um, if you would like to read a newspaper here, you, you'll need to know Hebrew. So I hope <laughs> I hope uh, that's a skill you have. Um, but in general, so the media landscape in Israel is on one hand simple and on one hand, on the other hand, complicated. And why is that is because if you'll, we're 9.5 million people overall in Israel and there's pretty much media outlets, okay? Um, and they're known for being very uh, critical and uh, some of them very cynical, cynical and they have a lot of influence. As a small country, you know, the media has a strong influence. It gets directly to the people and gets directly to the uh, uh, decision makers. That's the process that happens really, really quick. This uh, uh, circle, you know, connects to each other. And uh, it's divided to, you know, four main TV channels that cover the news. Uh, each and every one, by the way, is percepted in a different way. Some say the most popular channels, 12 and 13, are left-wing. Some say are right-wing. Okay, some channels are uh, government-owned and that's also have a, a meaning in that place. And we have traditional print newspapers, okay? Um, two, which are the most uh, you know uh, popular ones uh, that are spreaded uh, uh, around Israel and uh, three financial outlets which are very very strong and very very competitive with each other um, and of course as a startup nation that is now becoming also a scale up nation in the recent years many many technology outlets joined and became uh, strong and you know um, 
they have strong communities behind them and readers that are very, very relevant to the uh, tech audience here. So the whole media landscape is very, very diverse, but also very, very competitive. And you need to understand how to work inside this landscape, okay? Um, what do you want to talk about? What do you need to be careful from? With, with, with which journalist you work with? And what does it mean about the other outlet that you didn't choose to work with as a company, okay? And understand balance. And, you know, the most important thing is to also understand that Israel is different than, I think, every other country around the world. And that means you need to know how to adapt your message, especially if you're a multinational company, okay? That at the end of the day, many of your press releases are global. The same press release that you, you, you send out in the US and in Europe, you also want to send it out here in Israel. But for almost, I can tell you in 100%, many of the messages won't be strong enough or not resonate enough in Israel, if you won't give them the right angle and the right adaptation they need to have in order to enter, okay? And that's not only on the journalist end. Of course, it's also on the journalist end because the journalist wants to write whatever will interest his readers and whatever he wants to tell his readers or flag to his readers. But it's also how to take this message to your target audience. So the target audience himself also will get and um, will hear what you want him to hear and think about the client or, or the company back wise um, based on the message you sent to him. So it's very, very important to know how to adapt the message and how to, you know, there is a, 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 a phrase I, I heard for a first time in, in a campaign I did for a client in Germany, okay? And one of the things we, we created, all of the materials, it was PR and also advertising. And we, we prepared all the, all the materials and the creative. And then we hired a firm that did transcreation. It's not only translation, it's to, to take, you know, the, he the Hebrew language or the English language and not translate it to Germany, to translate it and the meaning in a way that it will speak to the German audience. So same thing, happens in Israel. And I will say not only, you know, it's not on a basic level. Um, one example that happens a lot is multinational companies that have, uh, you know, they're taking these huge marketing firms, you know, that are global and tell them, I want to do a campaign in Israel. And then you see uh, an ad on a newspaper that the Hebrew there is somewhere between Google Translate and someone that, 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 that you know, that knows Hebrew. And and the readers see that and they understand it. And you need to to make sure how you do it. Israelis are, are critical in their thinking. Okay. They think fast and they want to feel that someone invested in them and, and believe and, and you know appreciates them. We have a big ego. Okay. So it 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 translates also to what we expect to see that the company is doing here on the ground. Do the journalists throughout the country take active roles in social media? Are they, we see a lot here in the, in the States where, you know, journalists will, their stories will appear in their, in their publication and they will quite heavily start promoting, read this story for more information and use their social channels uh, to do that in part, I think to, you know, to certainly get the, the eyes on the story, but also to elevate themselves as a reliable source for this type of information. Do you see your local journalists throughout the country using social media in that way or in 
seeking out sources for stories? Are they actively engaged in that communications platform? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, just an example that we had, uh, we did a big uh, two pages interview on one of the financial outlets and the journalist uh, uh, posted it on uh, on her LinkedIn, you know, promoting it, saying about the news because I think journalists are very proud of their work themselves. They don't write about things they don't believe. You know, that's also one of the challenges for us as PR firms or, or, or communication firms is how can you identify what's interesting enough for the journalist, okay, and and what will make him want to write about it, and not just you know uh, stuck stick it down his throat, and you know he needs to he won't do that. It's it's, it's of course he's a professional. So if you find the angle that made made it interesting enough. Yes, today you see them publish it on their social media outlets, if it's on LinkedIn, if it's on Twitter. Some journalists in Israel are very strong with many, many followers, you know, strong on social media, I mean, and very popular. So uh, uh, they promote it and it can, of course, draw to the story a lot of attention. And by the way, this is this is another point of you know, think something to think about when you try to identify which is where is the right outlet to go to. Okay. For example, there is an outlet in Israel called Geek Time. Geek Time is a technology outlet, pure technology outlet. Okay. And they have, I think, uh, between 1.5 million to 2 million readers a month. In terms of Israeli numbers, it's pretty much. Um, especially when the fact is that they are pure tech. Okay. So they have a Telegram group with 15,000 subscribers and they push the articles into there. And they have a Twitter account and a Facebook page with 120,000 followers. So when you want to do something that is targeted for developers, for engineers, for um, entrepreneurs, that can be a thought that you need to, to have in mind. What is the weight of them also pushing it inside the community and not only publishing it on the news website? But on the other hand, you have great tech journalists on the financial outlets, okay, on Calcalist, Globes, The Marker, very professional, very, you know, deep down, uh, looking inside. And you want also them to, to receive the interesting stories, okay? And that, there is always this question, how, what is the best benefit for the company, okay? We need to, to understand what, what will bring the best benefit to the company, also in the short term, when the story is published, who will read it and how it will affect the target audience. And also in the long term, because we want, you know, the, the, the client to work with all of the media outlets and not be uh, uh, associated only with one or two. So, so that's uh, the whole picture that you need to always put in the account. And social media, yes, it's also part of that. I won't say that it's a major part, okay? That's, you know, there are journalists that have 150K followers and you want them to, to push that, but it, it is also a consideration. So as companies are considering, um, you know, either, either relocating to or op- having a presence in, um, in Israel or are looking to grow their presence. We, you know, we always encourage the idea of, of, you know, connecting with a communications firm to help guide the process in terms of outreach and, and message development and such. So what are some of the things that businesses should consider if they are looking to uh, have a presence uh, in, in the Israeli market somewhere? And, and from, a, from a business development perspective and a communications perspective, what are some of the things they should be considering if they're thinking about making that connection into the Israel market? That's a great question. So let me start a little backwards and say that it, for Israel, times have changed. Okay, in the past, Israel is a young country, 70, uh, 70 
74. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 74. Um, uh, is a young country, uh, if it will be after April 75. So uh, um, in the past, when huge multinationals were entering Israel, the Israeli press and community would hug that, okay? Intel is one of the first companies that entered Israel, and today they have, I think, 15,000 employees here in Israel, which is huge. But today, also, add to Intel, you have Apple with 2,000 here, you have um, um, Google that has an R&D center here, and Microsoft has an R&D center here, and IBM, and Facebook, Meta today, and, and more and more. So today, um, when a company announced in, at the entrance of Israel to Israel, um, sometimes we're still thrilled about it, but the media is a little more suspicious. Okay, and and it's starting to look, you know, why is it entering now, and is there a reason? Okay, for example, um, in early 2022, Carrefour, the international uh, uh, Europe supermarkets chain, announced entering Israel. And in the beginning, the first media wave was, wow, that's great. That will affect competition. It will maybe even affect uh, cost of living in Israel, which is the, let's say, after security issues, that is always number one on the agenda in Israel, is now number two and very, very strong. It's on a daily basis, protests and everything. And Israel won the prize last year of uh, Tel Aviv being the, the most expensive city in the world. So yes, for us. Uh, so, um, so the first wave, as I said, was positive, saying maybe it will bring competition. Maybe they will bring lower prices now here. Maybe it will do like IKEA did in the furniture industry, okay? And then the second wave, suddenly an article that comes up and says, wait a minute, why Carrefour is entering here? Maybe it's not because they want to low prices. It's maybe it's because they think Israelis are suckers and Israelis will pay, you know, so maybe we can come and raise prices on the ground because Israelis are used to pay. So it's always this question and you need to 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 understand. One of the things we do with the with the international clients before they enter or open an office here or open a new center is we, first of all, do an analysis of the public sphere, okay? What is on the agenda right now, okay? What is, uh, 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 what is people talking about on the streets? What is the media covering all the time? And what are the sensitive parts, okay, that can be related to this client? After we do the whole analysis of the public sphere, what's the regulator thinks, what's the government is talking about, we start looking where are our clients strengths where is the weaknesses the opportunities and the threats you know swat some say it's a old and past model we find it still very very helpful and easy to understand and also a good base to start in thinking about the strategy and after we look about this whole picture we understand the the you know the, the public sphere we understand our our client and what what can we use then we start building the strategy and making sure how do we do the first steps inside in a, in a, in a very accurate way in media wise yes it needs to be aligned with the business wise because at the end of the day for more most companies business is what is demanding that's a challenge for us as pr people as you know abby because we need to see how you know on the one hand it's maybe not a good pr decision to do something but the business is doing that so we need to find the flexible way to make it happen but uh, i think there is no five steps guideline 
to open a, to open the business in Israel that I can tell you media-wise you need to do one, two, three, four, five, and you're clear. It's every time for every different business, for every different company, doing this analysis, building this strategy, and looking how you do these steps correctly when you enter the country because Israel is very, very, you know, um, uh, bubbly, I'll say, you know, many, many different things, many, many different communities, many, many different topics happen all the time. Things are changing all the time. Macroeconomics, geopolitical, so many stuff. So it depends on the time you enter. It depends on on how you do that and, and what do you need to consider when you do that. And it's, I cannot give you the five keys to do it perfectly, you know, just like as a guideline that is relevant forever. Thanks for listening to this episode of PRGN Presents, brought to you by the Public Relations Global Network. We publish new episodes every other week, so follow PRGN Presents in your favorite podcast app. Episodes are also available on our website, along with more information about PRGN and our members at prgn.com. 